0: This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic. Well, welcome to another episode of the Grow My Clinic podcast. My name's Jack O'Brien. I'm excited to bring another episode to your earbuds today. Uh, we have a fantastic guest, Michael Risk, Mick Risk, the owner of uh, or co-owner of iMove Physio in the Sydney suburbs multi-site. Mick, how are you today? Good, mate. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. So for those who are uh, unaware, maybe you've lived under a rock or certainly don't have Facebook, Mick and his team across iMove are uh, are fairly prolific across Sydney, at least when it comes to content creation, opening clinics, uh, really niching into the runner's space. So we're going to get a little bit into the iMove story. But before we go there, Mick, I'd love to touch a little bit on your story. How did you you get into physio? As
1: Daniel Gibbs would put it, how were you corrupted? (laughs) Actually... Like a lot of physios today, I started in exercise science at UWS in Campbelltown. And, you know, five or ten years ago, exercise science wasn't as prominent as it is now. Mm -hmm. So you didn't really have a job uh, when you finished. (laughs) So the natural pathway was to go into physio. um, And then very luckily for me, I loved it and enjoyed it and had a great uh, prac in the country, New South Wales in Leeton which got me into private practice.
0: Yeah, right. Okay. And so were you always interested in private practice or you weren't really sure?
1: I knew as soon as I hit the masters of physio that it wanted to be private practice because I was always business-minded and I liked that flexibility. And I knew I couldn't answer to a boss, which you would resonate with. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it, yeah i would yeah i
0: couldn't hardly imagine working for anyone else anymore
1: and yeah. i think uh,
0: i think a lot of clinic owners listening to this would resonate that although uh, the road's not easy as a clinic owner at the end of the day you don't have to answer to a boss which is a, a beautiful
1: a beautiful place to be and so take us a step back further why exercise science um probably high school right you you kind of you like sport you like the sciences and it it just puts those two words together for you um, no other reason, it was Sydney or UWS at the time And I think Sydney had a really high UAI at that point in time And UWS was quite low And that was a really nice accident Because UWS was, was amazing It was a really good experience And I still talk highly of UWS today
0: Yeah, right, that's interesting Tell us a bit about your, your bush experience Did that ever attract you to go out bush Or is there something pertinent about that, uh, that prac experience That solidified private practice for you?
1: Yeah, it's probably the number one question I get on iMoveU, which is a, a Facebook page for new allied health professionals or all those of you still at uni. Um, the number one question is how do I know if I'm ready for private practice or how do I get ready? Sure. And that practicum at the end of the degree in Leeton was amazing because they gave you full reign. They, they said, well, we're going to look after you for a week, but the last four weeks you're going to be in there training patients. So... That was your answer, and it is the answer I still give today. And I move you is just go to a private practice and hang out there and spend as much time as you can. Yeah, sure.
0: That's uh, that's very interesting. And so, fast forward, you end up back in
1: Sydney. And did you work at a practice or did you start I move straight out of the gate? I worked in in Karingba, so first private practice job in the Shire for those of you from Sydney, mm-hmm. and worked there for three years and got a little stale, as most people do, around that three-year mark. What happens then? What happens then is you either leave your job for reasons that you're not really sure of, you just get a little bit antsy, or um, you start your own practice, which is which is what myself and Daniel Kalashki did, who's my business partner.
0: Okay. So we're two and a half, three years in. Um, that That's interesting. So I think this would be a, a really good theme around... Just speed and progression and implementation of, of your story, Mick. So, and you mentioned I'm you. For those interested, we'll we'll circle back to that maybe at the back of this episode or uh, in another uh, another future episode. But so you're two or three years in. You and Dan or DK meet up and decide to start a clinic. How quick from that first conversation? I'm assuming it's probably over a beer and a schnitty
1: until starting yeah. that first clinic.
0: How quick did that happen?
1: It was probably the quickest you could do it, which was three months. We met at a party, and the next morning we had a call and said, "Are you serious about that?" And we both were still <laughs> uh, and then within a few weeks, we had given our notice to our respective employers right and and had the the concept of iMove and uh, you know y- your specific branding how quickly did that come to come to pass d k and i we always wanted the same things. It was around the time where social media was taking off when Clinico was a thing um, and we both worked at practices where they were still pen and paper. They weren't on social media and both bosses were working 50 to 60 hours. So we came to the iMove conversation knowing we didn't want to be in the clinic 50, 60 hours a week. We wanted a strong social presence and we wanted to be modern, which is Clinico, it's high caps go, it's clinic apps. Sure. So when that conversation happened the day after the party, it was very clear we wanted the same things. It made it really easy. Yeah, right. And, uh, and away we go. So iMove Physio is your
0: practice and you started with one clinic and we're going to, there'll be future episodes where we delve into
1: all the little elements of this, but you're now in how many locations across Sydney? Uh, three, one in South, one in Southwest and one in the inner West of Sydney. Okay. And that's in a period of how many years? Uh, we had three in three years. So, um, yeah, it was quite quick that the second and third clinic happened in the same six-month window. Okay, right. And
0: your team has grown as well, obviously, to handle multiple clinics. So we've gone from Mick and Dan
1: to, to how many practitioners now? Uh, two owners, 11 physios, one massage therapist and a VA. Amazing. So that's
0: quite... Yeah. Quite rapid. Okay, so let's touch on some speed elements here. How do you, as the owner, how do you wrestle with that speed and being able to manage the change and onboarding new people?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a it's a good question. Um, I think you don't manage well. <laughs> you do it. You do it quite poorly, and you realise quickly. And I I wonder if you experienced the same thing. Is we were opportunists and we took the opportunities in front of us, but. Uh, very quickly we realised we need some systems and structures in place to make it happen. Um, you need really good people who have buy-in to the concepts because if they didn't have buy-in when things are changing so fast, it can easily become too hard and they'll just want to work for someone who's more stable and been there for 20 years. So you need to find the right person who buys into the owners and the, and the values and we've been really lucky that we've, we've had that. Mm-hmm. But the second thing is you, you need help quite quickly. Um, I wonder, was it the same for you? Did you kind of feel like you were, you were expanding too quickly?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting observation. So we were on a, a similar growth trajectory. Um, we went from one clinic to five in the space of two years. And uh, it, it, I think we are often paralysed by opportunity, yeah? We, we just say yes to everything. We're, we're fresh, we're new, we're gung-ho. And uh, oftentimes we say yes to everything, not fully measured or not fully understanding uh, the magnitude of what we're taking on. So I think a lot of clinic owners would dive into something. I, I noticed that, well, I had a conversation recently with a, a clinic owner who was interested in taking on a massage therapist and also starting another clinic inside a GP practice. And it's just, it's such a great opportunity to access new clients and new referral But the the decision hadn't been measured properly, (laughs) and so sometimes we say yes too quickly without fully being understanding or aware of the consequences. So, yeah, we we had a similar challenge. Um, But managing change and having the right people—it's interesting you say that. We we were really deliberate in the hiring process of going from yeah single figures to double figures therapists, of uh, making sure that we got the people who weren't just great clinicians but we're more on board with the uh, other stuff. So how do you go about finding that many clinicians in such a short period of time?
1: I, I think, I think social media helps is, you know, we post almost every day and we get clinicians reach out um, on a weekly basis. So we had a really large talent pool of people who had seen our culture and seen that we're on social media. So they came to us knowing they it have to do social media and knowing that have to go and do partner talks. So, my tip would be don't hide your culture and if you're not huge on social media, just make that really clear from the start and you'll find people that are dying to work for you instead of you trying to find people. Mm-hmm. Yep, certainly makes sense. What about those who
0: you push away? You know, your brand has a very uh, a strong personality, a strong flavour to it and that certainly, like you say, attracts the right type of clinician. How do you wrestle with uh, haters, both within the profession uh, and yeah. other professions, whether that's Cairo osteopodiatry, but also clients. I'm sure your style, iMove, and, and the style of McRisk doesn't appeal to everyone. How do you as a mm. clinic owner
1: rationalise that? It's hard at the start because you want everyone's business, um, but you realise really quickly that you'll create those raving fans and those people that are going to refer four or five people, they're the ones that will resonate with your branding. So I guess the skill there is learning to let it go quicker. And if we can accelerate that process, no, no clinic owner is going to be comfortable with the patient cancelling and leaving. Mm-hmm. But if you can get comfortable with it in three months instead of in three years, you'll be a much happier clinic owner and realize the problem is you don't realize until three to five years that when you stay true to your brand, you get those raving fans. Um, so yeah, we've we've upset some people with our style and we swear on our social media and we don't wear shoes in the clinic and you know, your classic upper market fifty year old lady for a hip replacement might not feel comfortable at iMove. Sure. Um, because of the branding we put out. But we treat a very active running F forty five CrossFit clientele and that's probably reflected in our branding. Hmm.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: How do you how do you deal with it? <laughs>
0: Yeah, look, I've said this on a number of occasions, Nick, but I couldn't really, with all respect, I couldn't care Mm. less what my colleagues think (laughs) Mm. and because we're not out here to impress our colleagues. I don't care what podiatry or EP or dietetics think of our clinic. Now, that being said, we want to be friends with everyone. We want to collaborate and partner. But at the end of the day, our clinic exists to help more people move well and feel great. And so everything we do has to pass through that filter And I care what our clients think about us. They're the ones that we're helping. They're the ones that pay my bills. They're the ones that matter. So we are constantly laser focused on not what others think of us, but what our clients think of us. Uh, I think that's super important. And then what about your change, Mick? So you went from being, you know, a couple of years out of uni, start your own practice. I'm sure you're working 80, 90 hours a week and seeing all the patients you can to now, again, a rapid change. You've got this massive team. You've scaled back your clinical hours and got a couple of little side projects going on. How do you feel about that? You're a physio, right? Do you miss having the the 40, 50, 60 patients a
1: week in your hands? I don't miss having that many patients, but I do miss having patients. Um, Mm -hmm. Some clinic owners, I I know like yourself, haven't really missed the patient side too much. Yeah. I really struggled the first six months not seeing patients. Sorry, Um, let's be clear. So you came off the tools completely, but now you're back a little bit? I came off completely, struggled, considered going back, and then didn't via reinvention through these side (laughs) projects that you're talking about. (laughs) So you need a plan. Um, The last chapter of the four-hour work week, Mm -hmm. I still remember it very clearly clearly. He says, if you follow the principles in this book, make sure you have a plan for when you have a four-hour work week because you'll get a bit stuck and a bit stale. Right. And Tim Ferriss had people writing in saying, I'm suffering depression now because I don't know what to do with myself. Because so it's so much our identity is tied up in what we do, right? Yeah, it is. It is. So hopefully, if you're a clinic owner who wants to get off the tools and you know that from the start, also have a plan for what you're going to do when you get off the tools. Mm, interesting and uh
0: so your journey now is a mix of like leading your team doing all the
1: marketing uh how have you adjusted to that new lifestyle um you you have to be diligent you have to keep a diary and time block everything because you can get lazy at home but set yourself days you know i have a marketing day and i have a team mentoring day Mm -hmm. and then i have a an afternoon that is just i move you so if you're not in the clinic, it's a lot of hours to, to fill. So you've got to make sure you've, you've got two or three days of content. And if you don't have that, you might stay on the tools for a little bit longer until you do. So managing that transition well.
0: Hmm. I like that. And I think it's refreshing to hear your story because it's someone who's, you know, scaled back, realized it's not quite for them. You, I know you did a little bit of relief work for some of your team. Um, yeah. And you, the point is not that coming off the tools is any higher or holier than uh, you know, being a clinician 60 hours a week. It's finding what your true north is and, and sticking to that. I think uh, what you've done with your team, so for those who aren't aware, Mick's, uh, Mick's created a team that has an incredible culture. They're all collaborative and inputting to the vision. Um, Mick and Dan took their team away, which we're going to touch on uh, at a later date. Uh, Mick helps train new grads and, and soon-to-be grads across physio and branching out across all professions now through iMoveU. you. Nick, um, if people want to learn more, a little bit more about iMoveU, is there somewhere on socials they can go? And if they want to read the story about your team, where should they go? We'll cover it in future episodes,
1: but for now, where should people go? Yeah, iMoveU, jump onto Facebook and type in iMove and capital U and I'll drop the Facebook group link uh, where this podcast will be located. And if you want to read about our staff retreat and how we developed our culture and our ideal working week. You can go to imovephysio.com.au in the about us section, you will see staff retreat and um, it's about a page reading and you'll, you'll get a fair feel for what we do and what we're trying to build at iMove in that article.
0: Yeah, for sure. Listeners, I definitely recommend going to check those out. We'll link up to them in the show notes and all around this episode. Uh, Mick, I just want to say you're a fantastic bloke. I've enjoyed doing the uh, the Clinic Mastery journey alongside you, those systems and uh, help that you mentioned early on in your business career. I know you would probably credit a lot of that to Clinic Mastery. And uh, for listeners, if you want to check out more about Mick's story, uh, we're going to have a whole bunch of future episodes from I Move You through to team retreats and how they run three practices with zero admin and reception all that's coming But uh, all the show notes will be at clinicmastery.com forward slash podcast and uh, we really appreciate your honest reviews and ratings on itunes stitcher soundcloud wherever you listen to this thank you so much for tuning in mick thanks for joining us thanks mate awesome chat and we look forward to bringing you another episode really soon This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic.